Telehealth, essentially doctor's visits by Zoom, became critical during the COVID-19 pandemic. People couldn't be within six feet of one another, remember that, but they still needed to talk with their doctors. That time really became a proof of concept for telehealth. It worked, sometimes better than in-person visits. How telehealth is becoming an increasingly foundational part of healthcare in rural places like the North Country. That's today's story of the day. Support for Story of the Day is provided by Renew Architecture and Design. Designing camps, custom homes, and more throughout NCPR's listening region. Details at RenewArchitecture.com. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Tuesday, October 24th. First up, the president of the union that represents the Canadian Seaway workers on strike says they haven't seen much movement in negotiations from the company that oversees the waterway. Lana Payne is president of Unior. She says her workers' contract expired back in March, and they've been working in good faith since. It's been very frustrating, uh, obviously, for our members that it has taken uh, this period of time. The Seaway is shut down as the workers remain on strike. Payne says workers want increased wages to counter rising inflation and to improve their standard of living. They're also asking for better working conditions. Payne says the St. Lawrence Seaway Management Corporation has violated the collective agreement before. This has caused what I would call a toxic work environment right now. And uh, that, too, has been an issue at the bargaining table and something that needs to be resolved going forward. Uh, We we want better labor relations uh, in this workplace for our members. She says the workers know what effect a strike like this can have on both countries' economies. They take it very seriously. It is not uh, something that has been used in this sector and in the Seaway very often in our history. Uh, So everyone should stand up and take notice that this is a very serious situation. Otherwise, we would not have a dispute at this moment. Payne says Canada's federal government's mediation and conciliation services have been facilitating negotiations between the union and the management corporation. The mediators have called in the two groups to negotiate in Toronto on Friday. As specialized healthcare has become more technical and more expensive, especially in rural areas like the North Country, telehealth has become an emerging solution. Today, telehealth accounts for about 5% of all healthcare claims. Amy Fireisel reports on what telehealth looks like at one North Country hospital. On the second floor of the Claxton Hepburn Medical Center in Ogdensburg is a small conference room. It has a horseshoe-shaped table and a big projection screen. The participants are here in the room, and then we have up here is our mastermind computer for the telehealth. That's Shannon Van House, a diabetes care and education specialist. She teaches classes here, like diabetes management and chronic disease prevention. During COVID, they started offering all their classes virtually, and they still do. Nice new camera that actually will follow wherever yeah. You know, it's it's probably more sophisticated than we understand yeah, how to operate. But it just works. <laughs> but that other voice is Michelle Catlin. These women run a robust diabetes education program here at Claxton Hepburn. It's a rarity in the region, and in the past, that meant people had to come here, or it meant educators had to travel. Yeah, we yeah. used to travel to you know um, Madrid, which is Alex like thirty Bay, miles yeah. away, yeah. Alex Bay, another 30, 40 miles away. So that cut down on you know provider time. 
These days, Van House and Catlin reach people all over St. Lawrence County and beyond, virtually. They say whether in person or on camera, they love watching people have their diabetes aha moment. Van House again. They learn about their disease and you can see the light go off and they're like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. And, and this is why, you know, I should eat this way or I should, you know, start moving a little bit more. This is just one example of a telehealth service that's expanded since 2020, when the coronavirus pandemic accelerated the adoption and use of telehealth across the U.S. The pandemic had a huge increase uh, in the overall number of uh, cases. That's Robert Hunt. He works for the Fort Drum Regional Planning Organization, a partner in the North Country Telehealth Partnership, which has been tracking telehealth visits in the region for the last decade. In 2019, Hunt says they recorded about 3,000 telehealth visits. Then the pandemic hit. And then in 2020, that shot up to 128,000. And in 2021, it doubled to 211,000. Hunt says it's stabilized now to around 120,000 visits per year. That's a 40-fold increase from before the pandemic. And that was possible because federal and state laws have changed to allow more telehealth. And insurance, including Medicaid and Medicare, now cover far more telehealth visits. At Claxton Hepburn, they offer a number of telehealth services. Dave Ferris says the goal with all of them is to keep patients from having to travel or being transferred to a larger hospital. It's rough on people if they have to be transferred to another facility for some of these specialties. Ferris is the chief nursing officer at Claxton Hepburn and the Carthage Area Hospital. The oldest telehealth service at both is called Telestroke. Basically, they call a doctor at Upstate Medical Center in Syracuse when a stroke patient comes to the ER. And have a neurologist or neurosurgeon on camera to do an evaluation of the patient. We can do all the testing here. But having that backup support for strokes uh, is very important because you want to get the thrombolytics or the treatment started as soon as possible. And it's worked very, very well. And we've had patients with great outcomes. Other telehealth services include select psych evaluations and infectious disease consults. With that one, they have the doctor on an iPad and a local nurse assisting. We have a stethoscope that the nurse can place and the doc on the iPad can actually hear the lung sounds. Now, of course, there are limits to telehealth and drawbacks. Not everyone wants to see a provider online. Many would like to have a more personal connection. And Ferris says the sort of dark side to a lot of telehealth adoption and innovation is that it's being driven by doctor and nurse and specialist shortages. Telehealth can't fill an empty hospital. I don't think it'll be the, the savior Um, but I definitely think it's useful in certain circumstances. Where he really sees it shining is in helping connect on-the-ground rural healthcare professionals with support and expertise. Sometimes docs just need advice. Sometimes it's just, we can do it here locally, you just kind of need that backup support. And in some cases, telehealth can even work better than an in-person appointment. Shannon Van House in the diabetes unit says for counseling, it helps to see people at home. If we're, they're able to go grab like their favorite snack off of a shelf and read the nutrition label, you know, that's real-time education that they can see. And it's not always a choice between in-person or virtual, says Van House. For some patients, like elderly folks who don't drive, virtual is the only option that would work for them. 
and word is spreading about that option. This year alone, the Diabetes Education Unit has received 250 referrals, a huge increase from years past. Catlin says that can help whole families. It's, it's the education that, that they get as well, the knowledge that they have to make better decisions throughout their life. And the beauty of it is it, it trickles down, like we've seen it trickle down into their families, like their their grandchildren, their children. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's just like a rolling ball that keeps going. We wrapped up our interview because they needed to set up for a farm-to-fork class in the room. They had both in-person and virtual participants. Amy Feireisel, North Country Public Radio, Ogdensburg. The story is part of our ongoing series on health care in the North Country. You can find all the stories at ncpr.org, and we have more news there all the time, of course, ncpr.org. Music today by Lost in Beijing of Keene and Patricia Julian of Burlington. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.